what a start to the morning. So when I found out I was preaching, I said, Mike, I want good grace. I don't know if it's going to have anything to do with my sermon, but good grace just gets this room going. So if you, yeah, so I'm glad it fit today, maybe, hopefully, but um, friends, this was a, this week was a journey for me. Uh, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, I was so unconfident and so like, they should have, you know, this should be Allie or Clayton or, you know, somebody else. Like, I got nothing to offer. I was like, I think I should probably just resign. I think that's going to be the easiest way forward. Like, this is just, it's, it went so poorly. And I was like, I was in my own head. You know, I was thinking, you know, I'm the wrong person. Um, I'm not worthy. Uh, nothing in this text or in this topic is resonating with anything in me that I can then share for you. So I was just, yeah, it was bad. Then I happened upon a nice man named Kevin, tall, gray hair, you've seen pictures. <laughs> He's in the sanctuary. Um, and he encouraged me and got me on the right path. And then um, I talked to another nice man named Clayton. He's over there, yellow hair. And um, <laughs> as I was sharing, I was just like, here, here are all my notes. And it was just this smorgasbord of loose ideas that I was like, none of this can connect. I don't care about any of this. Like nothing is resonating with me, so it's not gonna translate for you. And then as I read the text to him and, get, and I shared a little bit, I was, you know, I felt all oh, these notes. And then he said, did you say testimony? Well, because the text talks about that. And then I shared a little bit of my testimony. He's like, that's the one. So that's what we're doing today. I'm gonna share my story about glad surrender, and I hope that it will resonate with you and wherever you're at. And this morning, Mike prayed for it a few times, but as we circled up, the first thing that came to my mind was breakthrough. I want one person in this building that's struggling with something physically, relationally, emotionally, in their relationship with Jesus, that today could be a breakthrough for them. So would you join me in praying that over the today you know, because our prayers work after we leave the building too. So at 3 p.m., still pray for breakthrough, okay? <laughs> um, and uh, a little more intro before we, before we jump in. Um, I really appreciated Tom's message last week and um, making the relational piece of the circle of love, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That really hit me. I'm a very relational person. I can't, yeah, so that, that spoke to me and I'm hoping to, to build on that this week. But first, because I want to I get us going a little bit, even more than good grace got us going, um, do we have the neighborhood questions slide? I want us to um, talk to somebody around you. Have you, have you, oh, that's, that's I, did, I forgot the first part. You're like, I don't understand that first question, but I understand the second part. So Kevin and Clayton saw something in me this week that I didn't see in me this week. And as you'll hear in my testimony, that is a theme, that is a Brett Wiersma specialty throughout my life. So um, as we go into today's sermon, would you turn to someone that you know? Has there ever been someone who saw something in you that you didn't see in you? And then do you fall prey to the negative self-talk that I did this week? And then how do you fight against that? So Find someone that you trust, a couple minutes. Loken, if we could have some instrumental music over it. And as Kevin would say, 
If you don't want to do it, pretend like you're praying. <laughs> or pray. Breakthrough, remember? All right. Ready, set, go. Hey, everybody, thanks for participating in that and uh, getting the wheels going a little bit. I want to jump into our text. Um, so if you would join me in John 15, verses 18 through 25. If you have, well, devices or Bibles, you'll see that the, the header for this section is the world hates the disciples. And going back to Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, it was just, it was so hard for me to wrap my head around, like, what, what is it that there's in this text that I can share with you? And yeah, how do I connect it to glad surrender and all those things? So, yeah, let's read this text together, and let's go on a journey together. Verse 18. This is Jesus speaking, by the way. If the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. If you belong to the world, it would love you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. That is why the world hates you. Remember what I told you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you also. If they obeyed my teaching, they will obey yours also. They will treat you this way because of my name, for they do not know the one who sent me. If I had not come and spoken to them, they would, they would not be guilty of sin, but now they have no excuse for their sin. Whoever hates me hates my father as well. If I had not done among them the works no one else did, they would not be guilty of sin. As it is, they have seen, and yet they have hated both me and my father. But this is to fulfill what is written in their law. They hated me without reason. People of God, this is the word of God. So even in my Monday through Wednesday um, low points, I felt like verses 18 and 19 had something in it that we, we can understand and we can relate to. So I just want to read that again, and then we're going to jump in. So if the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. If you belong to the world, it would love you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. That is why the world hates you. So two things you need to know that we're already going inside me even before Monday. Uh, Katie Peterson and I just finished a, a two-week series with our high school students called Behold the Gold, where we talked about sex, culture, uh, gender, identity. We, talked, we tried to cover a lot in two 10-minute videos, so there was a lot that we didn't cover. <laughs> but um, so, so I'm, you know, we're doing all this research, we're looking at all these stats, and most of them are not good. So I'm just like, I've had it up to here with our culture, what it has to offer my teen, my teens in high school and middle school, and then what it has to offer my son as he is. Now, I know I'm, I'm parenting him. I know I'm responsible for a lot of that, and that's not the culture's fault. But so that's in my head. And then um, I'm also on this, I have been on this journey for like six years on feeling this, this clear nudge to delete my social media because it's no good for me and the way that I'm wired and the way that social media works is just a bad mix. And I was like, well, I need it though because I just had all these excuses, all these things that, you know, it's, it's relational. I'm relational, you know, I can, I can, 
If we have a new student, I can go on Facebook and see, you know, oh, how many family members. Are there? By the way, we don't stalk all of you, just the new people. Um, so if you're not, you don't have to change your settings or security. Maybe Phil checks out more. I don't know. But anyways, so, so those two things, I'm like, oh, social media. Like, what does it do? It just, it just riles us up and it just, you know, it, it, it produces bad fruit. And then the whole sex and culture thing that we just went through. So let's do a visual here. So verse, verse um, 19, if you belong to the world, it would love you as its own. So let's say that this is the world. This is culture. This is the stuff that when we do, sometimes it leaves us feeling hollow and empty and like, why are we, why do we do this? And then continuing on in verse 19, um, as it is, you do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. And that's over here. This is the circle of love. This is the best that God has for us in our relationships, in our marriages, whatever it is. This is the best. And that is not the best. So there's the visual, okay? So all the things that are in me when I'm reading that, and <laughs> I'll just let you, be, I'll let you see how the sausage is made, a little peek behind the curtain. Here, here are a few of my incoherent ramblings before Clayton set me on the trajectory to share my testimony. By the way, if you don't like my testimony, ClaytonKTRCPella.com. <laughs> So I was like, okay, you know, I really like when Kevin talks about, or anyone, to will the good of another. You know, maybe that's something that we could do. I wrote, our culture is immoral and garbage and offers zero in return. So I was on a dark path there for a while. So I needed, I needed to get back. I was like, oh, I don't know if anyone's going to want me to just rail on culture for 20 minutes. So, um, and then, yeah, and so I don't know about you guys, but I'm a big fan of the screw tape letters. And uh, in my um, understanding of how spiritual warfare works and why, you know, like Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, I mean, that was clear spiritual warfare. The devil didn't want me to bring anything to bless you or myself. He wanted me to think I was unworthy, that I was the wrong guy, I was the wrong person for the job, and that I should just sit on the sidelines. So that was also one of my things. But we're going the testimony route. So, intro, completed, rotating, testimony. April 2006, I get a letter, well, my parents get a letter, from Calvin College saying, your son is not welcome back. He's been on probation for two semesters. Unless you want to pay full price, then he can come back. Um, so, I flunked out of my one year of college. That put me on a trajectory where everything that I saw was through the lens of, I'm not good enough. There's just shame everywhere. All I see is, well, but you can do that, but I can't. Because I flunked out. Uh, my trajectory is ruined. I can't be a high school history teacher and baseball coach, which I thought was going to be my trajectory. I got a job at the Holiday Inn Express in Holland, Michigan. And I immediately had this uptick of like, okay, maybe this, maybe this is me. There's, I love it. It's, it's fun. I'm helping people out. And I didn't know at the time because I, I was, everything was just through this prism of I'm not good enough. But I, I discovered that I had a servant heart. I enjoyed doing things for others. Well, 2006 through 2008, I'm at the hotel. And then I started playing drums at Real Life Fellowship. They needed a drummer. 2006, 2008, Brett, was not someone you wanted your daughter to date. I was... <laughs> 
Let me give you two examples. I was on the worship team, and I would just not come. So they would have a full band and no drummer. I did that like six times. Like, I was, yeah, I know. The man you see before you today <laughs> was not that man. And I would bring my laptop, here's example two, and illegally download music while the service was going on. I did it in the back row, so no one saw, but they all knew. And, and still, they saw something in me that I didn't see in me, and they kept giving me opportunities and kept giving me chances. Fast forward to 2009, I'm working at the hotel. Jason Nelson, former pastor here at our church, he left about 2014 to plant a church in Chicago, so if you've come since then, you might not know that name. But, so he comes and he stays at the hotel. We strike up a friendship. He's there for two weeks. I didn't know this, by the way. Anyways, I don't want to give too much foreshadowing because I'll ruin the surprise. <laughs> so, so Jason Nelson starts talking to me, and he sees something in me that I don't see in me, and he starts vetting me as a potential candidate to work at Third Church. I flunked out of college, I had no Bible training, and I was barely attending church. So, there's that. Slam dunk. Slam dunk. <laughs> I know, wow, I don't need a resume, there it is. <laughs> Impressed. Um, so that's 2009, so Jason comes back from 2009 to 2012 every eight months or so for two weeks, and he just keeps vetting me and keeps asking me these questions, and I... I'm none the wiser. I'm like, this guy's a really nice guy. And he paid for my lunch. I'll do that all day. <laughs> 2010, Brett meets Emily. My brother-in-law, Jason, and again, I'm, I'm, I'm living a life through, I'm not good enough. No one wants me. I mean, I would never admit that out loud, but that was just, that was my being almost. So four people knew that Emily would say yes if I asked her out because they're like, hey, what would happen if you went out with Brett? She's like, okay, I'll go with Brett. But I was so scared that she would say no, I didn't even pull the trigger for like five months. So my brother-in-law, Jason, who is, so Emily's sister, Holly, married Jason, so he was already in, in my life quite a bit. He hands me the phone and says, it's Emily and it's ringing, ask her out. <laughs> and if he had not done that, I don't know if I would be in front of you today. And here's, just a side note, awkward Brett. This is a fun story. This is how I asked Emily out, the love of my life. Hey, Emily, this is Brett. Um, do you want to have a meal sometime with me? I only had one meal to offer. Dinner. That was so, ho anyways, she's like, sure, let's go out for dinner. 84 East, rest is history. Okay. So fast forward to April 2014. At this stage in my hotel year career, the demographic age group that is the bane of my existence is middle school and high school students. <laughs> they are hockey teams, they are baseball teams, they make my weekends long and miserable, I'm fishing things out of the water filter in the pool, I'm giving people refunds because of noise complaints. I do not enjoy that age of people at this stage in my life. So Daryl, pastor of Real Life Fellowship, says, hey, Brett, can I talk to you for a second? We would love for you to come with us on this work week camp to Young Life in upstate New York, Lake Champion. It's 16 hours on a bus with middle school and high school students. It's going to cost you $100, which you can't afford, and you have to take a week off of work, which you can't afford. 
And I said, is Emily going? <laughs> and so I went. And uh, yeah, <laughs> pure motives. Um, so we get to Lake Champion and we're doing menial tasks. I'm, I'm in, oh, and by the way, I was the, I was the, I was the, uh, the, what do you call it? What do you stay at at camps? Not dorms, cabin. I was in charge of the middle school boys cabin, which turned out to be awesome. But I was like, oh my gosh, this is going to be terrible. So we're, we're, we're raking up pine needles onto tarps. We're changing the lyrics to famous songs like My Girl, Tarp Crew, talking about Tarp Crew, Tarp Crew. Just a sliver of uh, example. At the end of the week, so Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, we, we experienced camp the way that the, the, the students that would come to camp would experience it. They wanted us to understand what we were doing and how cleaning up the camp would impact the kids that would come. So Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday nights, you hear a different part of the gospel message so that on Thursday night, there's an opportunity to give your life to Christ. And then they open up, uh, uh, there's an open mic, and they call it the say-so. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. And people are grabbing the mic and they're sharing. And I'm like, this is, I can't, I, I can't wait to get up there. I want to share. I want to tell everyone, thank you for inviting me. And this was so great. I literally could not stand. I was, dang it, so close. I could not stand. My body would not move. And then came the uncontrollable sobbing, snot and sobbing, and just like, not, not like cute, just like, <laughs> like, it was just my whole body, I did have, I have no control. And then I started laughing, because I was like, well, I'm already embarrassed, so now I might as well make fun of myself. <laughs> so I'm sobbing, and I'm laughing, and I can't even see, because there's so many tears. So I finally get up, because the shame piece is still just all over me, so I'm like, I, I shouldn't even be here, I'm making an embarrassment of this whole process. So I go outside. I think it was, I just thought of this. Because I originally, my story was, I don't know who said it, but I think it was Dirk DeYoung. So thank you, Dirk, if you see this. Dirk came out to me and said, Brett, I've seen you this week with these students. I think you should be a youth pastor. Circle of love. The best that God has for me happened right there. Yep. So my life changed. I surrendered. I knew that that was what I was supposed to do. I had no idea how to, what the next step was. I still felt like I was, who, who would want to hire me? All that stuff was still in me and seeping out of me. But in that moment, I was so in the circle of love. And it was the absolute best feeling I've ever had in my life. And yet within days... I was back over here. So what that tells me is glad surrender is not a one-time thing. It's, an, it's a daily choice that we have to make. Do we want the best for what God has for us? Or do we want to have, try to have it both, which as you've read through the Bible, it's not how it goes. You can have that or you can have this. And we do do this. We do this dance a lot. But anyway, so... That was April of 2010. June of 2010, I am the middle school shepherd of Real Life Fellowship. They hired me. They saw something in me that I did not see in me. 
And boy, oh boy, was I nervous to do anything at that job. Like Jason DeWard, who was the high school shepherd, held my hand through everything. Well, guess who was excited about the fact that I'd become a middle school youth leader? Jason Nelson. He's like, say what now? And so he's, and you know, he's keeping it cool, but he's asking me a lot more questions about Jesus and church and theology. He's trying to make sure I'm not a weirdo. And, and then uh, come to find out Matt Trelau, who had the job before me, was on his way to the bridge. I don't understand when it happened or whatever, but Jason said, would you apply for the job? And I literally said, no. I said, I'm not the guy. You're, you don't want me. You want someone else. That didn't make him, you know, that obviously was a little disappointing, but he worked on it. He kept pushing. And eventually, um, 20, uh, Emily and I get engaged. We get married in 2011. I officially say, okay, I'll apply for the job in 2012. I get hired and we move here in August of 2012. Surprise, I'm still here. <laughs> Jason, Craig, Allie, Matt, all the people that were on the team that hired me, here was my resume, 16 credit hours for one year of college, no Bible training, one and a half years of middle school ministry experience under my belt. They saw something in me that I did not see in me. And with all of my self, negative self-talk that tried to keep me down, I got here. And um, yeah, I'm eternally grateful. This is the best job in the whole world. So anyway, why did I think that I should share that today? Not everybody has those mountaintop spiritual experiences. I understand that. I have had many experiences that have brought me over here to the best that God has for me in daily things, moments with my son, moments with my wife, mission trips, Sunday morning experiences, singing good grace. You know, there have been many opportunities over here. I want to do a, a quick plug. If you guys haven't taken freedom class, I would strongly advise that you do. Our staff has gone through it. We've offered it basically every year for like four or five years. There's something in that that changed that shame lens that I was seeing things through. So let's use this, this kind of analogy again. So as, as the pastor of this church in this curriculum says, this would be the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. This is, I want it my way. I want control. This is the tree of life. This is what God has for us. This is the good. This is the best. This is Father, Son, Holy Spirit, circle of love stuff right over here. He said, picture a rope in between those two trees. So a lot of times, you know, when we sin, we swing over here, and then we're like, well, I messed up again. And then you just kind of... I mean, there used to be times in my life where if I sinned on a Saturday, I wouldn't go to church on Sunday. That's how, like, legalistic I was about, like, the, if I do one bad thing, I need to do two good things, all that stuff. Well, as you heard... In good grace and all of your life at church, God's grace abounds. And the, the, the main point of this is when you swing over here, know that there's a tree or that's a rope to swing back over here. God wants us over here. Devil wants us stuck in that tree, 
caught up in like a parachuter that fell into a tree, just like, can't move. Over here. So I feel like this is a theme because that every time I preach, something comes out like this. It takes a long, we're on a long journey, guys. If you feel like I'm not there yet, neither am I. If you feel like you're not worthy or you don't have something to offer to your coworkers or to your spouse or whatever, so do I. We have so, God gives us so many opportunities to get on that rope and Tarzan over to this tree. And I just encourage you, when you have those opportunities, when you slip and when you fall, get back up, grab that rope, and get over there. <laughs> Worship team, why don't you come on up? So you already experienced the soaking prayer that Mike walked us through. And that is an opportunity for you in the chapel. If you don't know where that is, keep going past the sanctuary. You see the stained glass. Hang right. That's there until about 11, 11, 15. Well, there's another opportunity for you today. We have Sue Coyle and Tiff Van Zee that are going to be in the corners after the service. And if you come up to them, they will pray a short blessing over you. And here's, here's my challenge to you, because this is my challenge to me. So I'm going to do it for myself, and then I'm going to invite you. Is there an opportunity, and only you will know what it is. I don't want this to be broad. I want you to think specifically. Is there an opportunity for you to surrender gladly? Well, maybe the challenge is that you're willing to surrender, but right now it's begrudgingly. I don't know. Only you can know this. Is there something in you, a specific thing that you feel like you need to surrender to God this week and leave that and embrace this, the best that God has for you? So when, you, when we're all done worshiping, there's going to be some music playing. If you want to be prayed for, come up to the front. Our prayer ministers are awesome. You won't regret it. And it's just a short blessing to get you going through this week. So, and then I'm going to come back up. We're going to do the blessing after worship. So, guys, will you stand with me and can we worship together? <laughs>